welcome to episode 25 of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. My name is Molly, and today I have three questions. They are about Roman armies, stars, and cats. Just a quick reminder about the British Podcast Awards and the new book I'm writing of Everything Under the Sun. You could be in the book. Everything Under the Sun is nominated for the Best Family Podcast Award in the British Podcast Awards. I'm going to the ceremony in a few weeks' time and it would be pretty good to win. There's a Listener's Choice Award, so if you'd like to vote for the podcast, all you need to do is go to britishpodcastawards.com vote and type in the first few letters of Everything Under the Sun and it will come up. Then just vote. Thank you, everyone. Also, about the book. Everything Under the Sun is going to be filled with your questions. There will be 365 questions from children around the world about everything under the sun. So if you'd like to be in the book, please do send in your questions. Just ask an adult to record you asking your question and send it in to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. Right, on with the show. This week our first question is a history question. I think it's almost our first history question and I really love some more. So to kick us off, here is Ethan who has a question about Roman armies. Hello, my name is Ethan. I am eight years old. I love school and playing with my friends. My question is, how many men are in a Roman army? Hi, Ethan. Well, that's such a great history question. To answer it, I have a great historian named Dan Snow. He writes history books, makes history television programmes and has his own podcast called History Hit, which I went on last year to talk about my first two books, The Secret Museum and Wonders of the World's Museums. Let's see what Dan has to say about Roman armies. Hello, Ethan. That is a great question. My name is Dan Snow. And I am a history broadcaster, writer, podcaster, the whole work. That is a question that I wrestle with all the time. Because there was no standardised size for a Roman army. Now, the overall Roman army, i.e. everybody in the Roman army, uh, say under the emperor Hadrian, was perhaps 400,000 men. That's around four times the size of the Roman army today. But bear in mind, that had to garrison an empire that stretched from Carlisle in the very, very northwest of what is now England down to Morocco in North Africa and right the way across to the deserts of Arabia. So a huge empire controlled by, well, not that many men. Of course, we also have to remember that there would have been legionaries, Roman legionaries, but there would have been locally raised units as well. So there would have been groups of soldiers, lights, people like slingers, cavalrymen, archers, raised from each locality to provide a bit of extra help. The size of a Roman legion, which you may have heard of, which is the kind of building block of a Roman army, that was around 6,000 at the start of the Roman Empire. So if you think about Augustus, Tiberius and Claudius, it's around 6,000. About nearly 5,000 of those were infantrymen, and the rest were probably support, so engineers and cavalrymen, things like that. So the whole of the Roman army is perhaps half a million men. Then these individual building blocks are around 6,000 men. For battles, it could be well, it could be anything, really. It could be how many legions the emperor or the general had at his beck and call at that moment. For the invasion of Britain in 43 AD, the emperor Claudius 
built up a force of just over 20,000 men. That was four legions. He brought four legions across. One of them, by the way, was commanded by the future Emperor Vespasian. At the Battle of Cannae, which is during the Roman Republic, when Hannibal defeated the Romans, one of the most catastrophic defeats the Romans ever suffered. That was 200 years before the invasion of Britain, in about 216 BC. At that battle, the Romans had something like 85,000 men on the battlefield, an extraordinary number of men, the majority of whom were killed or wounded. So that was amazing. And then another great Roman defeat you might have heard of is in the Teutoburg Forest in Germany, during the Roman attempt to conquer Germany, a Roman general called uh, Varus was defeated and killed, and he had around three legions under his command. So, you know, 15 to 20,000 men, and again, the majority of them were killed or enslaved as well. So those are the kind of numbers we're dealing with under the Roman Empire. Hope that helps answer your question, buddy. All the best. Thanks so much, Dan, for your brilliant answer. I really hope that answers your question, Ethan. If you have a question you would like answered on everything under the sun, all you have to do is ask an adult to record you asking a question using their smartphone and ask them to send it in to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. It'd be great to have some more history questions, or perhaps some about music or art, writing, feelings, ideas, anything and everything you'd like to know. Just send in your questions to me. Molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk Our next question is about cats, and it comes from Alice. Over to Alice! Hello, I'm Alice. I'm five years old. I live in Chipping Norton. My favourite thing to do is go to school, and my favourite thing is cats. This is my question. Why do cats purr? Well, Alice, that is a great question. You've probably noticed, if you have a cat, that often cats purr when they're content. Maybe they're snuggled up on your lap, or they're all cosy and warm and full of food. But did you know that cats also purr for other reasons? A cat's purr starts in its brain. Something triggers their throat muscles to move. They get tight and then get loose really quickly over and over to vibrate air when the cat breathes in and out. This makes a purr. But what makes the cat's brain trigger this reaction in their throat? Well, all cats are different. Some purr a lot and some hardly do at all. It's often for the reason we humans usually think, that they're happy. But cats also purr when they're nervous, a bit scared, or they're stressed out. It's a way cats communicate. They start purring as tiny kittens just a few days old, so that their mums are able to hear where they are and bring them close for feeding time. Cats keep on purring when they feed as adults or when they're hungry as a way to persuade humans to feed them. Some purr when they're exploring new places, when they're startled or when they're upset, like maybe they've just been chased around by a dog. High-pitched purrs, which are more like a meow, can be for the same reason human babies cry when they're upset. These are called solicitation purrs. Cats make solicitation purrs when they want help or quick attention. It seems like a really good way to communicate. If you have a cat, you'll probably have heard it purring or meowing in the morning, and you'll end up feeding the cat before you even feed yourself breakfast. Cats purr when humans aren't around, in the wild, they often purr when they groom each other. They might purr one way to say they like something, or another to say, let's share this food. But there are about 16 different sounds that cats can make, including hissing, shrieking, meowing, and also purring in various ways. 
Cats also talk to one another using body language so they can signal with their tails, whiskers and their ears. But over time, cats have noticed humans aren't very good at working out what cats are saying using these things, so they tend to purr at us instead because that tends to work better. Did you know that cat experts think purring has a healing effect and is good for a cat's body? The vibrations of a purr help a cat's bones to grow and its muscles of the body to repair. So really, purring can keep a cat's body in good condition. It's a very easy way for them to keep themselves healthy while they're resting. And did you know that petting a cat can keep a human calm too? Owning a cat can lower the chance of you having a heart problem by a third. Cats that purr can't roar. And cats that roar can't purr. I'm talking about big cats and little cats. The scientific name for big cats that roar is pantherine. And the smaller cats that purr are called felines, like the domestic cats that we've been talking about. This is because of a bone in their vocal cords in their throats. In roaring cats like lions and tigers, this bone is flexible. But in cats like pet cats, it's not. Big cats can make deep roars and pet cats can only purr when they breathe in and out. Cats spend 85% of their day doing absolutely nothing. 10% of their time is spent on the move and the other small percent eating, drinking, hunting, mating and going to the loop. They use their whiskers to get around. Their whiskers feel the air around them to help them work out which way to go. And a cat can move around with a blindfold on using only their whiskers. They also have whiskers on their front legs to help them land safely and feel for prey when hunting. I hope that answers your question, Alice. Now our third question is about stars and it comes from Faye who lives in Switzerland. So Faye's asked me the question in English and in French. Here it is in English. I'm Faye and I'm four years old and my question, my question is um, and why the stars shine and the and the sky? And here it is in French. Je suis fille, j'ai quatre ans et et j'adore les étoiles. Et pourquoi les étoiles brillent dans le ciel? Thanks so much, Faye, for your brilliant question about why stars shine in the sky. To answer it for you, here is Doug from the Science Museum in London. Hello, Faye. You've asked a wonderful question. Why do stars shine in the sky? I suppose you mean why do they shine at night in the night sky? Well, even though they are a long, long way away, they are very, very hot. They're burning hydrogen. You may have heard of hydrogen. It's a very light gas. And they send out lots of light, and if we were close enough, lots of heat. Don't forget, our sun is a star, but we're very close to it. Good question, though. That is why stars shine. Because they're burning a gas called hydrogen, which sends out lots of light and heat. If you got close to a star, it would be very, very hot. Too hot to get close to, actually, and very, very bright. But I think they look beautiful from down here on Earth, shining in the night sky. You know that when you look at stars from outside, on Earth, they twinkle. Well, stars don't actually twinkle, they just look like they do. When starlight comes into the Earth's atmosphere, it is affected by winds and different temperatures in our atmosphere which moves the starlight about. So from far, far away, if you're standing outside, you'll see the stars twinkling. But it's not real, it's just an effect. If you could watch a star from outer space, it wouldn't twinkle, it would shine steadily. But I don't think that would look as beautiful as the way we're able to see stars from down here on planet Earth. I hope that answers your question, Faye. 
Right, that's it for this week. Wishing you all a very lovely week. A huge thank you to top historian Dan Snow for telling us all about Roman armies and to Doug at the Science Museum for telling us all about Starks. Huge thanks also to Ethan, Bay, and Alice for this week's brilliant questions. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and Audio Networks for all the lovely incidental music we use this week. Don't forget to go outside at night and look at the stars and see if you can see them twinkling. Now you know why they do that. You also know why they shine. I'll be back next week answering more questions from children around the world in another episode of Everything Under the Sun. Do send in your questions for the show and the book. There's information about how to do that on the show's website, which you can look at with your parents. The website is everythingundersun.co.uk. Your questions can be about anything and everything under and even above the sun. If you like the show, please do rate, review and subscribe and tell all your friends to do the same. It really does help. If you wanted to vote for Everything Under the Sun in the British Podcast Awards, the address is britishpodcastawards.com slash vote. Just type in the first few letters and it'll come up. Thank you very much, everyone. I can't wait to hear your questions for this week. Thank you and goodbye. (laughs) 